Welcome to Disco Coolia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Disco Coolia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Disco Coolia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. About methods, when language is the problem, about executive function and self-regulation, make it stick. This Coquilia support in the primary classroom. This is our podcast for week 28 in 2022. And we welcome Dr. Schroeder, the founder of This Coquilia Services. And she's going to help us review the links from this week. Welcome, Dr. Schroeder. Well, as always, thank you for having me. Yes, glad, glad to have you back in our studio here. We have some nice links that we want to go over. Now, the first one's interesting. It is about mad hugs. I mean, in this time of pandemics, Whatever happened to social distancing? Well, yeah, this is interesting. And I, I, it really made a smile on my face. This is a very nice video from uh, Numberphile. As, as you know, it's a well-known YouTube channel and website with all kinds of mouth-related information and videos. So this, um, here you see two ladies, actually, mother and a daughter. So probably they live in the same house. And I don't think there was a lot of... Um, COVID uh, risk here, uh, but um, let's now go in those details. Actually, what they're doing here is very interesting. Uh, it was based on their uh, on the mother who made also always a little um, diagram on her letters, and it was like an interwoven uh, pattern of. Um, lines that went over and under and that um, right. sparked this whole thingy here so what they were doing is uh, they were showing how their arms get tied and then uh, they go on with making little drawings of the various models of hugging they have done uh, are uh, some hugs you can get loose and other hugs uh, your um, arms stay intertwined they when get you tangled, yes. yeah, get tangled so oh, uh, they distinguish symmetrical hooks and unsymmetrical hooks and they find actually patterns in it very interesting not much direct math involved no. oh, oh well <laughs> well there is some topography here so okay it there, there's definitely uh math but not what we use to see in a lot of but textbooks or, or like we discuss it with our children but you really need to watch this video and see how many styles of hugs they can come up with and, and have them make a list or, or draw uh, like they do in the video. And, and um, they, wow. they all are like the repeating over and under uh, knots. Also, they have a new word that I was not familiar with, chirality. That means uh. Uh, starting to the left, the knot is going to look different than when you uh, start from the right. So I did not know that. I did not know yeah. that. I need to watch that video and surprise my wife tonight when I go home. Anyway, the next link says, when language is the problem, so what then? Yeah, this comes from an article published in Forbes magazine. Oh dear. And reading isn't entirely separate from math, what they say, and that is something that we see in our practice also on a daily basis. So if you can't read the math problem, it's clear you can't solve it. Yeah. 
And even if you can read it or listen to someone else read it out loud to you, if you don't have the vocabulary you need to understand it, you're still out of luck, right? Right, then you're still stuck. Yeah. So Lynn uh, Munson, who led the creation of a curriculum called Eureka Math, and who has a dyslexic child herself, um, explained here how dyslexia can interfere with math performance. Okay. And, and we know that also there's a it's lot a thing, of yes. comorbidity between the two. So after receiving a letter from a dyslexic sixth grader, mind you, pointing out that the language used in Eureka Math was really hard for her to read and understand, uh, Mrs. Munson and her colleagues revised the curriculum to use simpler words and shorter sentences and just use less words in general. And I wow. think we need to remember how many uh, English learners uh, we have now in our classroom. So it's very important for them also. So she came up with some good recommendations. Use a lot of white space in workbook uh, books and quizzes. Also, easy to read fonts and explicitly teaching words that may be difficult, but that students need to learn to build their math vocabulary. And that might uh, include words like uh, combine or the sum or the total or the different. But she mentioned, and it was uh, surprising, that uh, one of the students were e was even confused with the word before. So he had to say what uh, oh. number is before okay. 84. And he kept oh. counting up, not wow. because he didn't know what to do how with the numbers. How wonderful from that sixth grader to give that, yes. uh, that feel, And how wonderful from them to then revise the whole curriculum. Absolutely Amazing. wonderful. Amazing, folks. Now, the next link is about executive function and self-regulation. What is that exactly and what can we learn here? Yeah, this is uh, really great. And it prov it's provided by the folks at Harvard University and uh, specifically from the Center on the Developing Child. So executive function and self-regulation is all about how you can handle yourself and motivate yourself to make the right choices at the right time when you want to complete um, an assignment. So other than number sense and uh, the subitizing and the proxy number sense, uh, system, you are not born with this. You are only born with the potential to develop it. So you okay. need help and practice. And many studies have shown that children with a more advanced executive function and a better grasp on self-regulation will have better results in academics and certainly in math. Okay. So the website we refer to at, at Harvard provides a guide with no less than 16 pages of activities uh. to do with your children to stimulate the development of the executive function and self-regulation. So they have divided it in a few age groups, so that, that is also helpful. Um, and um, let, let me mention a few here that, that, um, sure. that I, I remembered. Uh, for instance, peekaboo. We all know that, right? Yeah. But Hide and find games like this exercise working memory because they challenge the baby to remember who's hiding and they also practice some 
basic self-control skills, as in some variations the baby waits for the adult to reveal him or herself. So there is this time, uh, their waiting time built mm -hmm. in. In another version, the baby controls the timing of the reveal. So this provides important practice and it regulates that tension around an unexpected surprise. So another thing that uh, springs to mind here is called uh, Trot, Trot to Boston. This is, the, this is the way the farmer writes, pat a cake. Uh, another thing, uh, predictable rhymes that end with a stimulating yet expected surprise are also well loved. So infants practice their working memory as they develop their familiar familiarity with the rhyme and they practice anticipating the surprise, but waiting a moment for it, inhibiting their reactions, and that is also managing okay. uh, their levels of stimulation. And that is that self-control. That is the self-control that you also nice. need for uh, learning. So they okay. also mention all sorts of strategy games. Um, and uh, so the guides are activities for the formative ages, they go uh, all the way up to uh, teenagers. I can definitely recommend it. Um, follow it. It's fun. And it it will help your child in their development. It goes up to teenagers. Yes. I, I, I know some people in their 40s that could use some self-control or something. Well, maybe they could use the teenager <laughs> stuff. Okay. Well, our next link says, make it stick. Is this how to make your teenagers remember something? Make well, sure. Stick. So this is from the Teach Thought University. Okay. And they make a good point. Uh, many parents, teachers, and tutors will have experienced that uh, their children, after a session, um, when they are asked the next session, what um, what have you learned? What do you remember? They won't be able to recall it at all, uh, or maybe right. only a little bit. So. What you want is to help make it stick, right? And it's good to ask some questions at the end of the session so they need to reflect on it. That means they process the information again in their mind and that helps uh, with uh, memorizing it. So if you are stuck for the type of questions to ask, uh, at this uh, teach thought people and they they are they do training for um, uh -huh. teachers professional development they made a list of uh, 50 examples 50 examples absolutely okay. that should be so, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i couldn't remember all of them right. but um a few that uh, i remember was um ask your student what was the most important idea from the lesson today okay or um, when were you at your best at this lesson? Or how do you actually know that you understand what we did today? Or you can also ask, how do you know maybe if you didn't understand it? Right. Or about okay. uh, what you learned, how much was actually new? And all those things make them reflect or... Um, how did your understanding of what we did today change? What what development did you uh, make in your brain? 
So, um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a very interesting uh, approach. And I also see many of my students, the next lesson, uh, not completely memorizing what we did before. So um, yeah, this is actually... I have used a few of those questions, but I really love the large variation that they uh, listed here. It's a bit of a play on uh, when you present. Uh, tell them what you're going to tell them, then tell them, then tell them what you told them. And in this case, now you're going to ask, ask them. them. <laughs> Remember what you told them. Right, right. Very good, very yeah. good, very good. Well, we already are at the uh, last link for the week. Um, and uh, it's about dyscalculia support in the primary classroom. Uh, that seems a bit of an issue. Well, yes and no. Uh, well, nothing comes easy here. That's why we have our great teachers going on every day to teach approximately 65 um, million school-aged children in the United States. And yes, a portion of them have dyscalculia, probably around uh, 5%. And when the parents or teachers um, has done some screening, they may recognize that some in their primary class may have that merit math learning disability. So now what to do? And uh, Natalie Kerslake from Windmill Lead Academy in Nottingham explores how children with dyscalculia can be supported and she asks uh, information from uh, Nottingham University. So the article is, is really um, nice to read and she comes up with a few easy to implement activities. For example, the use of concrete and pictorial resources. So that that is um, that's essential. Right. And uh, concrete and pictorial resources allow the child to see mathematical problem visually, which helps them with dyscalculia, but also helps the children with mathematical uh, difficulties. So and uh, she goes on by saying that. Um, there is a difference between children with dyscalculia and just uh, general mathematical difficulties that can come from all kinds of different um, reasons, while the kids with dyscalculia mainly struggle with number sense, subitizing, ordering numbers, and uh, composing and, and decomposing. So the part-part-whole is particularly uh, difficult for them. So um, they suggest using the dot and dice patterns, first for the numbers uh, one to six, and uh, only when that is solid, uh, extend to ten. They mentioned some books available, um, and that also used those dice uh, patterns, and a website spot on with numbers. And um, one strategy that could be used to overcome difficulties uh, faced with the number processing, memory, and arithmetic is the use of games. And, and we also say uh, games are, are like the new uh, worksheets. Yeah. And these can be either traditional games, just snakes and ladders and snap, um, but also using the dominoes and, and playing cards because then you immediately got those um, dot patterns. Uh, online games, uh, top marks is in, in English very um, often used uh, game. Uh, they have hit a button and um, times tables and rock, scar, uh, rock stars. And there's uh, uh, a few more uh, strategies. Um, so Good I can only article. recommend you 
click on the link and uh, right. read for yourself. Right. Well, wonderful week, wonderful resources, wonderful explanation. Thank you very much, Dr. Schroeder. Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Discoculia Services, she is on a never-ending quest to add more Discoculia tutors to the world. So you could be one of those. And for all the information, go to discoculiatutortraining.org. Discoculia Headlines Weekly is a production from discoculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at discoculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook, we have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.